There's one particular aspect of this South Carolina-Tennessee matchup that is being severely underestimated by the national media. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and as always, you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. It is officially game day E for the fifth time in the 2023 season for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Man, I can't believe we've already gotten into week five. But this one, Gamecock fans, we all know this one is a big one. South Carolina heading to Knoxville, Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Volunteers, a team that is definitely looking to get some revenge against South Carolina after what all took place in Columbia in this past season. And there's a lot of different storylines to pay attention to with this football game. But coming into this game, I think that too many people, particularly in the national media space, are putting too much stock into the sheer numbers that both teams have put up statistically this season and not enough stock into the context behind those numbers. I'm going to spit out some stats to y'all real quick that everybody seems to be using when they are previewing this football game and trying to figure out maybe who could win this game. Tennessee averages 229.5 rushing yards per game. That currently ranks first in the SEC. South Carolina gives up an average of 317 passing yards per game. That ranks dead last in the SEC. South Carolina has also given up 17 sacks so far this year. That's the worst mark in the conference, while Tennessee's defense has racked up 16 sacks. That's tied for the second best mark in all of college football. And so people are looking at those stats that I just read off to all of you, and they're just automatically crowning Tennessee, it seems like, as the winner. They're basically saying, oh, Tennessee's not going to have any problem. It's in Neyland. It's a revenge game. It's a night game. Dark mode's been activated. I got the volunteers winning this one. I won't push back against the possibility of Tennessee winning this game because I definitely think that there's a path for Tennessee winning this game. And I cannot push back against the numbers. None of us can push back against these stats. They are what they are. There's nothing South Carolina could do to change that at this point in the season. But just going off the stats, quite frankly, is surface level thinking right there. People need more context behind these stats in order to get a better idea of maybe why both of these teams currently sit at the position they are at at this moment in time. Yes, I said the word at way too many times there, but we're just going to go ahead and roll with it. All right, let's compare the schedules real quick between South Carolina and Tennessee. South Carolina, they played number 21 North Carolina in Charlotte in week one. They then played the number six Furman Paladins from the FCS ranks at home the next week. Then they played number one Georgia in Athens in week three, and then came back home this past weekend and took on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So a quick summary of this schedule. The cumulative record for South Carolina's opponents in their first four weeks this season was 13-3. and 
South Carolina played three matchups against ranked opponents, two of those matchups coming against Power 5 FBS opponents away from Williams-Brice Stadium. And they played three games against Power 5 teams, including two conference games. Now let's compare that to Tennessee's first four weeks this season. Tennessee has played the Virginia Cavaliers in Nashville. They played against Austin P, a 2-2 FCS program in Week 2. In Week 3, they traveled to the Swamp and got flat-out beat by the Florida Gators. And then back in Week 4, they took on the UTSA Roadrunners, a team that currently is sitting at 1-3 this season. So, here's a quick summary on Tennessee's first four opponents. The cumulative record of these volunteer opponents was 6-10 and 10 in the first four weeks of the season. Tennessee has yet to play a single-ranked team at the time of the matchup that actually took place. They have played only two games against Power 5 opponents, and they've only played one conference game. And again, that one game was against the Florida Gators, and we all probably watched that game. We all saw what happened to Tennessee on that night. And you know what the pulse is of each program at this point in the season? For South Carolina, look, they know that they have things to work on. The Gamecocks definitely are by no means a finished product. But they've been through some pretty tough battles. They at least know their strengths and their weaknesses. And they also, in a way, have some reason for optimism after what they have seen the past couple of weeks since that week one debacle against North Carolina. Now, flipping things over to the Tennessee side of things, the Volunteers, it kind of feels like they're still trying to figure out exactly who they are. They have yet to play a complete game all season long. And I remind you, they played Virginia, Austin P, Florida, and UTSA. Nowhere near as tough of a four-game stretch as South Carolina's played to this point. The bottom line with all of these points that I bring up to all of you is... I don't think that South Carolina is as bad of a team as the stats might indicate. And I also don't think that Tennessee is as good of a football team as the stats would indicate. Essentially, I think that the numbers, if people are just going to go off of that for this game, they are going to be misled to a certain extent. I'm not trying to say that Tennessee doesn't have a bunch of good players because they do, on both sides of the football. I am not naive enough to say that having a fully packed Neyland Stadium in a revenge game isn't going to be a factor in this game. Is it going to be a positive for Tennessee? Because as I'll discuss in a few minutes, I do think that that is going to play a factor in this game. But my point here is, I think there's a little too much weight being put towards the emotional side of this game for Tennessee and also quite frankly the reputation I think that people after that North Carolina game after what happened to this offensive line for the Gamecocks in a way they've kind of just written South Carolina off they're not even giving them a second thought Georgia was supposed to blow South Carolina out of the freaking water and South Carolina was winning at halftime in that football game so if South Carolina could do that against Georgia is it really that far-fetched that they could beat Tennessee and Knoxville? I certainly don't think so, and I'm sure the majority of you don't think that's the case. 
I'm pretty certain that the majority of us, we could see South Carolina win this football game. If you missed the crossover show that I did with Locked On Vols host Eric Kane on Thursday, by the way, does a great job covering the Tennessee Volunteers on his side, I predicted South Carolina to win this game 34-31. I think that the odds makers, quite frankly, they have it wrong in this game. And I'm not just saying that just because I cover South Carolina. I just feel like that there's genuinely a bunch of different things mainly in terms of the context of this season, that people are just skimming over. And it's causing them to come to really bad conclusions about who this matchup favors. It's going to come down to multiple different matchups, but it's not as lopsided in Tennessee's favor as I think everyone is making it out to be. So, of course, we'll find out on Saturday night just which team is the better team in the majority of those matchups. And with Saturday night's game, There's a couple questions that South Carolina is going to have to answer, specifically if they want to leave Knoxville with a victory. But what are the three most important questions in this contest? We'll dive into those questions in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Nutrafol. Now, for all of you guys out there, I got some bad news, but I've also got some good news. The bad news is... 80% of you guys that are listening to this show right now or watching this show, you're going to have hair thinning in your lifetime at some point. But the good news is it does not have to be your fate. It does not have to be the end result. You can get ahead of hair thinning with Nutrafil. Nutrafil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement out there. It is clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. And in a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafil men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafil is offering our listeners and viewers $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafil.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafil for healthier hair. Nutrafil.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day. And as always, thank you to each and every one of you everydayers for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. If you're looking for more coverage regarding this upcoming matchup between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Tennessee Volunteers, be sure to go back and check out all the shows that we have done this week right here on the Locked On Gamecocks regarding this football game. And speaking of this football game, there's still a few questions that I sort of want to see answered by South Carolina on Saturday night. Questions that are going to pertain to the conclusion of this game. You know, could decide whether or not South Carolina walks out of Neyland Stadium with a victory. So let's get into the first question here that I have for this game, which is, does South Carolina win this football game if they rush for 100 and plus rushing yards? This is something that has not been talked about a whole lot this week, and for obvious reason, because Spencer Rattler, I mean, my gosh, the guy's been on an absolute tear to start this football season, and ironically enough, he's been on a tear since the Gamecocks' massive upset victory over Tennessee this past football season. But the rushing game could indeed be a component of this game that 
could really help to balance things out offensively for South Carolina and could give them a much better opportunity to win this game. As a matter of fact, under Shane Beamer, South Carolina is 15-1 and when they rush for 100 or more yards in a football game. Their sole loss in those circumstances came against the Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville back in 2021. Now, it is important to note here that South Carolina, they got a much more talented roster than they had back in 2021. And while Tennessee, they've taken some steps defensively, honestly, their offense this year probably isn't as good as the offense that they had two years ago. So to get back to this question, could South Carolina win this game if they rush for 100-plus yards? In my opinion, the answer is yes, because I think that Spencer Rattler, he's going to get his in this football game. Tennessee ran a lot of zone and soft man coverage against the Florida Gators back in week three, and Florida, they took advantage of it. They had a good ground game to go along with that, but the offensive staff and Billy Napier on the Gators staff, they recognized that, you know, Tennessee's going to give us that much space on the perimeter. Well, heck, we'll take advantage of it. We'll take our five yards here and six yards there. And with how much Spencer Rattler can beat you down the field with his explosive passing plays, you could see how Tennessee might employ the same kind of strategy on Saturday night. And that could, therefore, in a way, leave the door open for the Gamecocks to try out the ground game some. And I'm going to say it right now. I think you've got to at least give it a chance. I'm not saying you got to run the ball, you know, half the time in this game. I think that that would honestly be a terrible decision by Dialogues if they decide to do that unless they're having success. But Mario Anderson Jr., he showed you last week against Mississippi State. He can do some things in that backfield. He runs violent. He runs angry. And he does not usually go down on first contact. At least not very often. And Tennessee, an interesting thing I heard earlier this week, they've had 10-plus missed tackles in each of their last three football games. That is a lot of missed tackles, and that is usually not something that you can correct in just one week's worth of practices in the middle of a football season. So Mario Anderson Jr., who knows? If he gets some rushing lanes, there might be some yards to be had on the ground on Saturday night. Now the next question that I have for this game, how many procedural penalties can the offense get away with in this game. I alluded to this earlier. But again. We cannot get around this. Neyland Stadium. It is going to be loud. This is a game that that fan base has circled for a very long time now. Probably sold out. Heard it's going to be a blackout. Again dark mode activated. However the heck they want to put it up there in Knoxville. The fans are going to be in this one. And if anyone has been in Neyland Stadium. And knows the way that stadium is constructed. You know how much the noise levels just get trapped in there. The sound does not exit the stadium very easily with the way that Neyland Stadium was built. I think there's a nickname actually for it. I think it's called the Roman Coliseum of college football. And it certainly has that feel to it when you are inside that stadium. But point being, South Carolina, they cannot afford to have too many procedural issues on offense in this game if they want to walk out of here with the win. The Gamecocks had six offensive procedural penalties against the Georgia Bulldogs back in week three. Now, that was their first true road game of the entire season. It was the first career start for left tackle Tree Babalade. And Georgia also drew multiple false starts through the little shuffling tactic that they used where they kind of tried to time it up a little bit before the hard count or the actual snap count for Spencer Rattler. 
and that got South Carolina to jump multiple times. It would not shock me if Tennessee, to get any sort of advantage that they can get against Spencer Rattler, tries to employ that same sort of strategy against South Carolina tomorrow night. But again, if you're the Gamecocks, look, it's going to happen a couple times, right? South Carolina is not going to go the entire 60 minutes without having one false start. If they do manage to accomplish that, quite frankly, I would just be amazed. And I think that Lion Teasley would deserve a ton of credit, and the football players as well, if they were to be able to say that after this game. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. So, in my opinion, South Carolina, in terms of offensive procedural penalties, you get four. Right? You get four. Whether that is an illegal shift, whether it is a false start, um, illegal snap, you get four of them. I don't think you want any more than that. I think if you get to five or greater, then I think that this game is not going the way that you want it to go. And the other thing is, you cannot let these happen at certain moments in this game. So, first and 10, we got to avoid having false starts on first and 10. We don't want to be starting first and 15. Second and eight, can't have like an illegal shift and then it puts you in second and 13. Can't be in an obvious passing down situation where Tennessee could just pin their ears back and try to get after Spencer Rattler. Cannot have that. Second and one, maybe uh, first and five, first and four, whatever the case may be. You know what? Fine. Fans are going to be happy with it, but at the same time, at least it's not first and forever or third and forever. Just avoid being in that situation too often because if that happens, then um, Tennessee, they got you right where they want you in essence. The last question that I have for this game, how does the nickel corner rotation work out? We all saw what happened last week against Mississippi State. DQ Smith playing at that nickel spot because obviously been a good amount of injuries there. Uh, Keaton Nelson Jr. has not played since that North Carolina game. And then Kawan Banks, um, he actually has not been banged up. But, you know, he's kind of been getting some snaps sparsely here and there. Uh, David Spaulding, he's been dealing with a hamstring issue. So DQ Smith, he played there last week. I think they tried to get Jalen Kilgore on the field a good amount more. That was part of the thinking behind that. And yeah, Tulu Griffin just torched DQ Smith. I'm sorry, there's no other way to put it. And sure, it wasn't all DQ Smith's fault what happened that night, but, you know, he proved that if you put him on an athletic slot wide receiver, especially man press coverage, he's probably going to get beat. So what does South Carolina do this week? Do you put David Spaulding out there a little bit more? Maybe he's a little bit more healed up now from that hamstring injury that he's been dealing with. Maybe you put Kawan Banks out there more. I think that that would honestly be a great idea in this game. Because guess what? Squirrel White, yes, he's a guy that's also, I think, a little bit nicked up. But he should be playing in this game. And he's pretty fast from what I have heard. He's also about 5'10", 168 pounds, according to his player profile on ESPN. Kawan Banks about the same height and weight. This is a kind of rare matchup where Kawan Banks, he's not going to be completely overpowered by sheer size and length. So if there's a game where you're going to put him in there for his coverage ability out of that nickel spot, this is a game to do so. Because you cannot spend a whole half of football trying to make adjustments like you did last week. Because if you do that, then Tennessee will get you deep. And it will really make your secondary start to look like that they've got much bigger problems than I think that they do. I think that those issues will be corrected. But again, we shall see once this game arrives on Saturday night. And of course, I got a couple of thoughts to summarize what I think is going to happen in this game. I'm going to tell y'all just exactly how I think this is going to play out in just a few moments. 
Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Now, think about all of the car parts that y'all go through throughout your entire lifetime that your vehicle has with you. Maybe you have a vehicle for like 8, 9, 10 years. That's a lot of car parts that you're going to go through, whether it's a pump, whether it's maybe a battery or two, obviously windshield wipers, fluid lights, you name it. So the next time that you need any of those parts, you should head on over to eBay Motors. eBay Motors has this thing called eBay Guaranteed Fit, where you can make sure that every part that you buy from them is going to fit right the first time around. You just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part is going to fit or you'll get your money back. And also, you have over 122 million parts to choose from. Your local car dealership is not going to offer you that. eBay Motors, however will get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit is only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to today's edition of the lockdown gamecocks podcast where we cover your south carolina gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes all right time for my final thoughts on this game between the south carolina gamecocks and the tennessee volunteers before i get to that just want to let y'all know our friends over at FanDuel have set the line for this game at plus 11 and a half points and the over under for this game is set at 63 and a half points again i don't exactly agree with the spread for south carolina however that over under that's pretty intriguing. I think, honestly, it's spot on for the FanDuel odds makers. So if you want to put some money down this game, there's your odds right there. Now, in terms of my final thoughts for this matchup, I'm going to go over a couple of the keys to victory that I talked about on our Thursday show. Maybe add a couple of talking points here as well. The first thing that I'll say, and again, talked about this now a couple of times, so why not go ahead and mention it a third time? If you're South Carolina, you've got to keep this crowd out of this game. Now, when I say that, I do not mean that you have to go up 14 to nothing in the first six, seven minutes of this game. Obviously, that would be 1,000% ideal, and every Gamecock fan would totally take that. But again, I think that the beginning of this game is where the crowd could get to you the most, especially because that is when they're going to probably be at their loudest, especially with how liquored up these volunteer fans are likely going to be for this matchup. So, point being, don't go down 10-0 or 14-0 early. Do not let that scenario play out, because if you do, those volunteer fans are just going to be louder and louder and louder, and before you know it, that is when things can start to snowball. That's when you can start to press, even if you're Spencer Rattler. So, do not put yourself in that situation, okay? At least match what Tennessee's doing at the start of this game. And therefore, let this crowd quiet down after the first five, seven minutes of this game. Another thing that South Carolina has got to do, you've got to win on early downs on both sides of the football. In terms of the offense, you cannot be stuck in second and long and third and long. Listen, this Tennessee defense... I know that if you're a Gamecock fan, you're looking at that Tennessee secondary and you're thinking Spencer Rattler's got to be licking his chops. This secondary is still inconsistent. The secondary apparently still is not exactly maybe the most talented unit in this conference. And Spencer Rattler torched that secondary to the tune of 400-plus passing yards and six touchdowns this past November. So why can't he do it again, despite the issues around him? Well, I will say this. The Volunteers, for as bad as their secondary has been at times, 
their defensive front is pretty athletic, and those guys are pretty quick. Uh, the Volunteers, they've built some good depth at that edge rusher spot in particular. So if you're this offensive line, do not let them make this a second 15, third and 17 type football game. Because if you force Spencer Allen to have to literally be Superman on every single play of this game, you're going to be in trouble on that side of the ball. Defensively speaking, it's the opposite facet of this offensive game. You've got to slow down the run game. Tennessee, everyone likes to think that they just throw the football around. That is a massive misconception about this offense. They love to run the football. They're going to try to establish the ground game. And especially for a quarterback in Joe Milton that has struggled to find consistency in terms of his accuracy and touch, it is extremely imperative for the Volunteers this year to have a good ground game. Jalen Wright, one of their top three running backs, I've heard that he's a bit nicked up, and he apparently is going to be a game-time decision for this game, so don't know if he's going to play, but Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, those two guys, they're pretty solid back there as well. This offensive line, however, I think is an offensive line that if you're South Carolina, you can win some matchups on the interior. So Alex Boogie Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, TJ Sanders, buckle your chin strap and tighten it up a little bit harder than you did last week because... This defense is going to need you this week. They're going to need you to go in there and make some plays. Make Joe Milton have to beat you. Don't let this run game grind you down over the course of this football game. And lastly, this is more of an overall general statement regarding my thoughts on this game. I think that the emotional aspect of this game is being overvalued here. I truthfully do. Again, I'm not going to sit here and make it out like the revenge game aspect is not going to play a role for these players that are playing for Tennessee or for the fans that are going to be there watching this game live. I'm not going to say that. But Mike Tyson once had a famous saying where he said, everyone's got a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. And that is the way that I view this football game. South Carolina, let's say they go out there and did what they did against Georgia back in week three, where... They get the ball first, and Spencer Rattler drives the Gamecocks down the field, and they score a touchdown, go up 7-0. You want to make a statement go silent, dead silent, in a matter of minutes? Just do that. And all of a sudden, that emotion, gone. Just like that. And the volunteer fans, unless they all of a sudden just turn the game on its head and they start running away with it, they will never get that same energy back in this football game. You don't win sports events. You don't win these games purely off of emotion. Emotion can be a good thing if you channel it the right way. Emotion can also be detrimental when you feel like you got a lot of pressure on you to win this game. And I can promise you, both teams have pressure to win this game. South Carolina, it'd be really good for them to win this game. But you know which team really needs to have this game the most? It's Tennessee. And everybody and their mother in that state knows that. So... I think that there is a path where the emotions of this game, it could hurt Tennessee. And South Carolina talked about it at the beginning. I'll reiterate it here again. This is a battle-tested football team. Sure, they've not been perfect. Sure, they're a 500 football team, and some people view them as nothing more than that. But South Carolina has played some really dang good football teams so far. And I don't think that can be discounted. North Carolina, sure, the scoreboard would tell you they won the game convincingly. But South Carolina, a couple plays go here and there for them. They're in that football game all the way to the very end. Georgia, they were beating them 14-3 at halftime. Tennessee has played one legitimate opponent with a pulse so far this year. And they were throttled in the first half. Now... 
Does South Carolina have the ground game Florida has? Probably not. Do they have the offensive line that Florida has? Probably not. But you know who they do have? They got number seven at quarterback. And they got a defense that I think has, quite frankly, when you look at just the sheer numbers, this defense has been all right in rush defense. And I think that they got the interior players to stymie this Tennessee ground game a little bit and force them to really have to earn their yards and their points. And also, I think at a secondary that, quite frankly, is all sorts of fired up after what they've had to hear this week. They have one bad game, clearly a very bad game, probably the worst game that they've had in a year or two. But they have one bad game, and now all of a sudden, everybody talks about this secondary like they've got a bunch of walk-ons playing back there. No offense, Jalen Foster. No offense to you meant whatsoever. Point being, they're talking about Nick Emmett and DQ Smith like they're all of a sudden scrubs. Like, those guys can't play. Like, how on earth did you get on this football team? And I just, if I were those guys, oh my gosh, I'd be going out there playing like my hair's on fire. I'd be playing angry this week. I'd be out there to prove a point. And I think that this secondary, they're going to be out there to prove a point. If emotion can work for one side, well, you know something, doggone it, it can work for the other side too. So, overall, I think South Carolina, they're going to win this football game. You asked me this past offseason, I would have said Tennessee is going to win this game. But I'll be honest, I am not impressed with Tennessee. I have yet to see them play a complete game. I don't think that Joe Milton has been even as good as I thought he might be. I thought his accuracy would be a touch better. It hasn't gotten better. And these days, you can win football games by just flat out slinging the pigskin around the yard like Sacron did against a Clemson team late last year. So, give me the game, Cox, 34 31 over the Volunteers. Gamecocks head into the bye week with a 3-2 and record and more importantly, a 2-1 and record in conference play and a whole heck of a lot of momentum as they gear up for their own quote-unquote revenge game against the Florida Gators in Week 7. How do y'all think this game is going to play out? What are your overall thoughts on sort of the emotional aspect of this game coming from Tennessee's side of things? What do you think Sacramento has to do to win this game? What are your big questions about how they could perform on Saturday night? Let me know down below in the comments section on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. And as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. If you're traveling to Knoxville, safe travels. And I maybe will see you at the game right before I go into the press box and get ready for kickoff. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.